Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. My next guest is visual artist Nate Lewis. I was first introduced to his work when I saw his solo exhibition at the New York City Armory in 2019. His work is intricate and layered and it compels the viewer to study it. After speaking with him, I began to understand why. Nate is an exceptional person and a unique artist who realized his passion for art while working as a nurse in various intensive care units. He will have his first New York City solo exhibition at the Fridman Gallery, March 1st through April 5th. He's currently featured in the Smithsonian Group Traveling Show, the 21C Museums and Hotel in Cincinnati, the Urban Institute for Contemporary Art, and he'll be in a group show in May in Rome. During Art Basel, Untitled, he achieved four institutional acquisitions. It's been wonderful. He's been very successful, both as a nurse and as an artist, and I'm excited to welcome Nate Lewis to the Cerebral Women podcast. When did you realize you are innately an artist? Yeah, so um, as you said, the first thing that I did, uh, I guess, to create art myself was um, I started playing the violin. And it was my um, my last year of nursing school. For whatever reason, um, my mother played the violin a little bit. And um, it was the break to go into, uh, it was Christmas break. And you have, you know, you have like a month off. And for whatever reason, I decided to pick up the violin and play for like three hours a day for like three weeks. Um, that's, I guess that's just what I do. If I want to do something, I just go at it like a bull. So um, shortly after playing, my mom's like, wow, you sound better than me already. <laughs> and um, before that, I just listened to music, just um, very active listening. And I just, uh, I loved music. I had an ear for music. And I feel like that was, um, was kind of like my first uh, um, time that I paid attention to art. It was through music. Then I started playing the violin <clears throat> and picked it up, uh, picked it up well for such a short time of um, getting it. I had some lessons. It's a tough instrument. I played the violin. Do you? In elementary school. Oh, no, I goodness. did. Oh, you did? Yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah. I, I stopped. But uh, it's a tough instrument. It's yeah. not easy at all. Yeah, it's it's pretty horrible when you first start out. It's absolutely the worst. It yeah. sounds so bad. But, um, yeah, I was just uh, didn't want to sound like trash just playing around just for a little bit. And um, I was just determined to um, be able to listen to my own self play. So I figured it out. Did, did you record yourself at all? I did. I think when I started recording myself, it was probably when I figure out, figured out um, how to play. There was a song that I really wanted to play. 
Um, it's not the only reason why I played the violin, but there was a song off to, off of uh, the Last of the Mohicans, the um, the movie. Yeah. I just love I love that song Daniel so much. D- Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. And when I told my violin teacher, like the, at the same well as- time, she's like, "Okay, well, what do you what would you like to try to play?" I'm like, "The last the theme of the Last of the Mohicans." She's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "That's a really hard one." I'm like. I know. She's like, well, next time you come in, she's like, I'll have the, the music written for you, and um, and we'll start at it. So, she had it written. We started at it, and I was not getting anywhere with it at all. I was just okay. I can hit this. I can hit this note. I can hit this note. So, did you have to learn how to read music also? Absolutely. So you did both learn how to read music as well as so I just I just practiced it just regularly and it was it was the weirdest thing I remember when it clicked and it felt like um it wasn't like it wasn't like a fractured way of going through the notes um in the different portions of the song and it there was a rhythm and I felt it and it was it was a breakthrough I would say you know when that happens and um, I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's just persistence, really. But um, it made sense. And then I was like, wow. I'm like, I could probably actually play the violin after I started to figure that out. But um, and then after that, I played throughout uh, like my first few years, like working as a nurse. But also um, my second year working as a nurse, uh, I started drawing. And I started drawing in... Um, uh, like when you start to work in like a new unit, you have to take like six months to learn how to be proficient in that unit. You have to take classes. And in the classes, I couldn't stay awake. So I drew to stay awake and the doodles got better. I showed my sister. She's like, wow, these are really good. She's been an artist since like day one. And she bought me a book to learn how to draw. So I was like, okay, let me learn how to draw. Yeah. So, um, with doing that, I went through the book, um, probably like in a, I don't know, maybe like a month or two. And then um, after that, I um, just, uh, she was telling me like, you need to learn how to um, to draw from life. Like, this is how you become a good draftsman. And I was like, okay, sure. And I did that for a little bit and it was really boring. So I just ended up... Um, drawing what I wanted to draw, and it ended up being uh, musical instruments and red blood cells and organs. Really? It's the first thing I drew, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so what I did, I started bringing them together, because I was into music, I was playing music, and I was in, I mean, I was I was working in the ICU, so, you know, I, this is, these are the things that are on my mind. So I started, I made concepts with them, like, the first thing I ever drew was, uh, um, it was a trumpet, uh, with like a set of lungs coming out of it. So it was like these concepts with music and anatomy that made sense to me. Do you still have those works? Did you keep some? Yeah, there's oh, some good. paintings that me and my sister worked on together, but I did a t-shirt line. That's my dirty little secret. <laughs> well, you can share them with us. I did a t-shirt line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so in doing that, like the designs, they were cool. I mean, they were great, you know? Um, the t-shirts sold, you know, um, people responded to them well, but because like, I think it was because, I mean, it was very much like a design, designy, illustration-y, 
um, because those uh, just came very easy to me. Um, what I did and the response to them, like, and this is literally, I started this the first year of drawing. I started this t-shirt line and um, then me and my sister collaborated on some installations and some things. I was like, wow, maybe I have a little bit of talent. So um, I just mm -hmm. kind of, I just pursued it really. And um, I was sick of drawing organs and instruments and people would request like, can you do a liver? <laughs> with like a ukulele i'm like no i, I cannot that doesn't, doesn't make any sense um but i got bored with drawing organs and instruments i became like the the organ music guy like that's horrible <laughs> to continue i mean maybe like three years after that you do not want to be that guy it's it's not a good place to be um yeah so then i just started uh diving into what was what interested me and it was just patterns and line and um i just kind of um just played with line and pattern then i also just started doing figure drawing um because at that point what happened was um it was 2014 and um i decided to quit working full-time to work um to go to a hospital where i could be in the float pool which means i got paid more but i worked less so I went from working three days a week, which is full-time as a nurse, 12-hour shift, to working like two days a week, um, one to two days a week. And I told myself I was just gonna like put myself through like my own art school and I was gonna wake up and I was gonna paint and I was gonna do figure drawing and then um, play with line and pattern and that's what I did. It, you're a photographer also though, right? Yeah, I work with photography, but... um. I don't consider myself a photographer okay. um, just because the, I guess photography is the medium that I use to communicate a message, you know, it's necessary, but um, cause like in a lot of my images, <clears throat> um, especially the images that I use like of the inauguration and um, it wasn't, I wasn't looking for like, the perfect shot or anything. And if like there was like a little bit of like blur in my photo or something, like I do that purposefully. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm a photographer, but it's, um, I don't consider myself that and I'm not gonna like lock myself, you know, into that, you know, it's not the, it's not the most important thing to me. It's just the, um, to communicate the message that I want to communicate after use photography. So you, you alter <clears throat> photographs? Yeah, yeah. So I take the images um, and then um, I edit them in Photoshop and uh, print them. And then what I do is I sculpt texture like within them. So I think about it like it's a, um, the piece of paper, like it's an organism. Um, and I pull out, uh, it's like pulling out different parts of the anatomy is how I think about it in like a cellular way. So it ends up looking like different, um, different materials, um, and like, um, yeah, different materials, like fabrics and embroidery and like layers of paper, but it's just a single sheet of paper still. And I, I use ink within that and I've been doing like fabric rubs within it as well and using like graphite and pen. Yeah. I was curious about, <clears throat> curious about that because I noticed that, uh, the images I saw, there's a lot of different textures yeah. throughout yeah yeah it's um yeah i started working with paper and it was the end of 2013 um like when i started working with paper as a 
uh, material itself. Um, well, I guess it was the first time I worked with paper was um, it was working with electrocardiogram rhythms of patients that I took care of. Yeah. So my sister, she, like I said, she was an artist and she worked with paper um, and she was into materials. And um, so I really took after her. I was like, oh, wow, I'm into materials too. But I, I understood why I ended up being into materials because for me, materials, you could use them like in a cellular way, like one by one. And um, <clears throat> and I liked a lot of work where it was uh, repetitive patterns to, you know, on a repetitive patterns, um, but like a small, like just a small thing, like a cellular thing. But if you do it in a colossal way, you know, it, it's kind of like a, the closest thing to being something that feels like natural or organic, you know? Um, so I was working with rhythms of patients I took care of um, in the ICU. Um, and it was because um, I was just convicted. It was, uh, I was, um, I think the word I use is when I was working in there, I was just very porous to what was happening and to um, the situation that, you know, I was in. I realized it was a very unique position to be in. And um, it was unique, it was intense. And I almost, uh, and I realized I could learn a lot from this. And um, it was something that I thought was really important, you know, um, to to be in that to, with the families, with the patients. And then you just learn a lot about yourself through it. And um, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a dance. So uh, through conviction, um, yeah, I started working with people's rhythms. Um, it was like, wow, like working with people's heart rhythms. What That's else would I want to do? I mean, it was, it, it kind of summed up, um, I guess, everything where I was. And I thought I'd be working with those heart rhythms forever. <laughs> like, I'm like, there's nothing more interesting than working with the heart rhythms of people, you know, that you've taken care of. So I made pieces with these individual pieces, like with the strips. Um, I was doing like cutting areas out like behind the rhythms and I was just like playing with collage, like putting like sheet music and just patterns, just like, you know, just uh, patterns that I liked really. And then I was just cutting out um, like little, just like some of the little boxes within the rhythm. It's like a graph paper. It remember, it represents like a, a portion of time. It's, um, I can't remember if it's 0.4 seconds. Okay. <laughs> it's been some time, yeah. It's been some time, but um, and then I started like painting like in the individual um boxes, which represents a moment of time. So um, what happened was um, they started getting like dots and things on them. They weren't archival. I wasn't thinking about that. It's like um, it's chemical thermal paper. So if it's heat affects it, and it started turning, you know, odd colors. And um, when that happened, when I saw the pieces, it was probably, it wasn't long too, maybe like five or six months. I was like devastated. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I can't make work with rhythms. Like I'm done. <laughs> Why even make art anymore? It's pointless. And um, I told a good friend of mine uh, and mentor, uh, Stanley Squiro. And, um, oh, yeah, I know his work. Yeah, he lived in, um, he was an early mentor of mine um, in, in D.C. And he told me, he was like, you, he's like, man, he's like, this is fine. He's like, just scan them, blow them up with the computer, and then you can do whatever you want with them. 
And I mean, that wasn't cool to me because I wasn't hip. I wasn't hip to the contemporary game yet. I was just like, but it's not the piece. It's not the rhythm. It's not the actual thing that was in the hospital. He was like, it's okay. <laughs> the message will get across. So what I ended up doing was, um, I, 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 yeah, I listened to him. And I, I scanned him. I blew them up big. And then, but like where my head was, I was like, oh, wow, if I blow them up big, I can do anything. I can like put found materials on them and collage this and do this and do that. It was just kind of endless because it wasn't like a small rhythm. Um, but what I realized was if I'm like working with people's rhythms, I knew when I was doing those collages, it wasn't what I wanted. I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know how to get there. Um, I didn't know how to, I just, yeah, I didn't know how to get there. Um, so what I started doing, uh, I was like, I really want the, um, the rhythms, whatever I do in interacting with them, I want it to feel natural and organic coming from like within. So I just started doing something like that my sister did and working with paper and she just, um, she was cutting up, she was cutting up paper in, um, in a small certain patterns and like layering it. So I just started doing that as a starting point. I knew that was going to be the end point, but that's how I start to, um, find, uh, my own language through, um, through other people's languages. Um, and that my sister was the first one. So in doing that, I was doing that, and then I was playing with layers of paper. I was putting like sheets of paper um, under the rhythm that I printed, and I was paying attention to a lot of paper art. But there was, um, I knew there was a void. I didn't know where it was, but I'm like, there's so much missing, and I don't, I don't know exactly where it is. But um, this was my first time to, you know, dive in and see what it was. So I did that and I was making like cuts and folds with the layers of paper. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. I'm like, all right, this is going somewhere. And then um, and then I kept taking the sheets of paper underneath away and just kept, and then I got down to just the one sheet of paper, just the rhythm. So um, then I just started making cuts and folds in that. I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. Um, this is interesting. And then, <clears throat> and then I, at the same time, I had like an illustration style I was starting to form. And um, it was it was cool. My brother-in-law, he's like, wow, this is really nice. He's like, you should keep, you know, keep moving with that. But um, I was thinking, I'm like, well, let me use the blade like a pen. And um, what happened was I just uh, I just cut into the paper just very close to each other because um, I used the the graph in the electrocardiogram paper that's printed out as a guide to like um, to to find pattern. And I just cut super close instead of using like a line i would do like these really close like line drawings i used to blade like that and what happened was i did that and then i like held it up like towards a light and it was like alchemy like it turned to like to silk and i was like holy shit <laughs> um and that was that was the point of the breakthrough That's because good. because i paid attention to so much paper art because i knew there was something missing i didn't know what it was when it's when i saw that it could do that like I knew it could do anything, you know what I mean? But the most interesting thing about it is it wasn't a breakthrough for paper. It just unlocked um, my way of thinking. Creativity. And creativity. Yeah, it was. And I mean, I named them. I named them all after like, yeah, like a lot of them were after like specific incidences. Oh, wow. Like I remember the most, um, the most, uh, yeah, uh, one I can recall is like I, I named these 
pieces. If, it was like one of my favorite pieces too. I think I kept it. I did keep it. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I kept that. I didn't sell it. That's so wonderful. Um, yeah, it was called, I called it, named it Rabies in India. Um, there was this guy who came in. Uh, this was when I was working on the stroke unit. This was like when I first, like my second year, I think. Yeah, he came in. Um, I don't know. How was, he was like 40s or something like that. And um, and he had uh, he had symptoms of rabies. And if you have symptoms of rabies, that's it. There's, you're done if you have symptoms. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, we were all taking care of this guy. I remember... Um, my friend was the main one taking care of him and uh, her name was Sarah and um, it was kind of like um, he was just just spiraling mm -hmm. just like losing his mind and you know you just watch that you know um, and as something else I found out with rabies like because people like foam with the mouth it's because they, they become hydrophobic they become they become scared of water. So they're like trying to like get their spit out. And it's just like, wow. it's wild. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, um, I came in the next day and like, he, um, he was like pretty much, yeah, he was going, oh, you know, I didn't yeah, realize. He passed. So it's, yeah. fa it's fast. Oh, it's fast. Yeah. He, so he was in India and I guess you get it, you get it from like droppings and I think like monkey bat droppings or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I named, yeah, I named, I remember that that was like very, very fond, you know? Yeah. How do you want your work, your art, to impact the way people think? Mm. <laughs> it's a little loaded. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for example, like these, um, like I'm doing this series on, um, I guess I've been like kind of tracking the current times and I've been doing different series um, in relation to like the, these popular subject matters, for <clears throat> drawing attention to things, uh, you know, abstracting things. Um, so, um, yeah, so I'm interacting with these monuments right now and, um, I'm just trying to put a lot of different emotion in them. Like I'm like, my work is still like, it ends up being beautiful. You know, like I can't, um, I'm not at a place where I won't, I don't like want to make it. I don't want to make it like beautiful you know um it's aesthetically what it is i don't know how to make anything any other way how i want to make it you know so anybody can look at it and just be like oh it's like wow you're like kind of like talking to i mean i feel it's like you're kind of talking to everybody with it you know you're just really trying to um i'm looking at it in a way of like how i know i've been thinking about them and how the country's thinking about them and really just trying to dissect that dissect them and understand like what it is to do with them and um and i'm just trying to show all those different emotions and show the emotions that people feel who whatever for the confederacy you know i'm just trying to show everything in it because i'd rather just keep it complicated because like shit is complicated i don't really want to agree with you but i have to say yes shit is complicated more now than ever before thank you for joining me today and sharing with us your very interesting journey to become an artist thank you thank you it was my pleasure this was this was wonderful thanks nate thank you Next, I want to share with you something special. Just when we thought we had wrapped up the session, we were sitting around and having a nightcap. Then Nate started sharing some of his experiences with Peggy Cooper Kafritz. 
And looking back on it, I feel compelled to share it with you all. So of course you'll hear Nate and myself chatting, but you'll also hear my audio engineer, Isaiah Egan, chime in a couple times. Without further ado, let's get back to the conversation. Found him when I got the the, the uh, Peggy Cooper's. Yes. Yeah. That's when I just saw his first. That's where I. I uh, yeah. Um. Him. Fired up and ready to go. That book. Mm-hmm. Peggy Cooper's book. Uh, Kayford's. Yeah. Peggy. Fired up and ready to go. That's yeah. what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in that book as him. well. Are you in the book? Okay. Okay. I'll yeah. Have she was like awesome, such man. a G. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like the first time I've ever showed I showed work. Uh, like one of the second time maybe it was um in dc it was just the sheets of paper that i was the the, the white sheets of paper that i the 8.5 by 11 that i was sculpting into my brother-in-law hit up um peggy and was like hey um like you should check out you know my my brother-in-law's work because he my brother-in-law shantae he went to uh duke ellington school of the arts oh he did mm-hmm. huh. so he was tight with peggy and like i got to the thing late I don't know, like a half hour late, I got there and they're like, all three of your pieces are gone. I'm like, what? I'm like, who got them? Like Peggy Cooper. I was like, holy shit. She didn't even go in. She just went online, bing, 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 bottom. And then I showed a work in um, in Basel at Aqua, like uh, when I was working with this gallery in DC, she bought a piece. And then I did another thing with WPA. It was this, um, it was like one of the big, you know, the big, uh, the big exhibitions and she got the piece. And then I saw her, or she called me, and um, she was like, hey, I saw a piece that I really liked. It was like with a cube, um, and it was like coming off the, the guy's head. She's like, what about that piece? I was like, oh, Peggy. I'm like, it's in a show, but it's sold already. She's like, oh, man, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, we'll work it out. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'll give you a call. You know, we'll work this out. So um, I think like two weeks later, maybe she saw my my brother-in-law and my brother-in-law, she told my brother-in-law like, hey, tell Nate um, that uh, I have a birthday coming up and I wouldn't mind expecting something. <laughs> so he told me and I was like, word, of course I'll give Peggy a piece. Yeah, that's great. And um, and then like some time went by. I was in New York at this point already and time went by and I was coming back and forth, back and forth. And then I had the piece for her. And I'm like, yo, Peggy, I'll be in on Saturday. I'm like, I want to see you. She's like, okay, cool. And I went back to DC and then I called her like on Friday and nobody picked up the phone. And I was like, and I just, I knew it. I was like, she died. Oh, really? Yeah, I knew it. I just knew it because I knew she was sick. She was sick for a while. And the one time I called her, um, like maybe five months ago, like the, um, uh, the, the woman was like, oh, she's not available. Like she's sick. And I just... You know, I just have that that clock. I just know. I, I I've seen people come in the hospital over periods of time, and I just knew it. I was like, oh wow, yeah, yeah. And she died, yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. too bad. She was, oh yeah, she was such. She was she's so awesome. Good. But yeah. she's fired up and ready to go. You know. Yeah. So like she. I'll have to, I'll show you her book one of these days. She like yeah. Peggy she K-Fritz. the torch is still lit for sure. I have to ask, what was the piece that you were about to give her? Oh. If you remember. No, I do remember. But you know what? It's so the story with it is like really sad. It's also with yeah, at your description. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. No, it's not sad. Yeah, like, okay. it's just stupid. So I made I made the same exact piece that she wanted. I made the same piece for her. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. Okay. I had it framed. Um, I brought it to DC, 
And then, you know, she, you know, then she, she died. So then I was bringing it back up to New York. I put it in a box in my room. <laughs> and it was like, because I got in, I was like, oh my gosh, I have all this shit. Let me throw this in this box. And I threw that box away. Accidentally. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. First of all, did I, I introduce threw... you to when you walked in? Yeah. I think we, I think we made that. Yeah, yeah, you, you did. did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I threw the bees away. Wow. I was livid. She sounds like the type of person that might have found humor in that. Yeah. Definitely. She she's having a good laugh. Oh yeah, for sure. So, so that meant it was really meant just for her? Wow, look at Phyllis. Look at Phyllis. What? <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was meant for her. Phyllis with the okie doke. <laughs> oh my gosh. Phyllis is storyteller. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even should still be recording. Damn, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, no, it was meant for you know my mother uh she has this saying that there's wow. no coincidences. Wow, Phyllis. There's no coincidences. Oh my gosh. It was meant for her. It was meant That's for her. That's wild. That's wild. You weren't supposed to give it to anyone else. Yeah. And you know what? I was going to give it to somebody else. And I was going to give it to them, actually. Because this person, um, they helped me install. They did the whole installation for my show that I had at Spring Break. Um, when... Uh, when I at the end of my Pioneer Works residency, mm-hmm. um, the the exhibitions, the director of exhibitions at Pioneer Works, he was like, "Yeah, man, I'll help you." He's like, "I'm like, really?" He's like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "It won't take just a couple of days." I was like, "Or like a day and a half at most." I was like, "Okay, cool." He's like, "I'm like, I'll pay you." He was like, "No, just like give me a piece." I'm like, "Cool." So this was probably like five, six months later after that. And I was going to give that piece to him (laughs) and I threw it away. Now I knew I was going to Pioneer Works like within a couple days. So I wanted to have this piece for him because it's been six months and I went there, no piece. And I'm like, Jules, you're not going to, I'm like, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, I threw it away. I'm like, I threw it. So so it was was small then. Uh huh. Well, I mean, not. So it's a big box. Yeah. It was a big box, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, what? I'm like, yes. So every time I went to Pioneer Works, I dreaded seeing him. I'm like, Jules, I'm going to get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I finally got him his piece. Um, it was one year later. I got a form. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.